0: Welcome to the Grace Life Fellowship Podcast. On today's episode, we have another edition of Conversations in Grace. For this week's conversation, Jesse sat down and had a remote chat with our good friend, Zach Maldonado. They talked about his new book, Perfect and Forgiven. We really think you're gonna enjoy it. Here's Jesse. Welcome, everybody. This is Jesse, and I have a special guest with me. He's a good friend. Hey. A, um His name is Zach Maldonado, right? Is it Maldonado? Yeah,
1: I got did it. it right. And I got didn't it. Didn't have to practice before the show. That's awesome.
0: <laughs> he's a uh, a pastor. Um, he's uh, an author and a speaker, and just an all around great guy. We're excited to have you on.
1: Hey man, I'm pumped. I love you guys. Of course, Grace Life is uh, home away from home for us at Church Without Religion, and so I'm pumped to be on this show. And uh, look, man, you know I'm fighting off the coronavirus just to be here with y'all. Oh, so no. you're welcome.
0: How's it going? No, I'm kidding. The- I don't
1: have it. I don't have it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> How's it going in the in uh, in what is it? Is are you in Plano? Love it. Love, love it. it. Okay. Okay. I wasn't sure because sometimes I see you in San Antonio. Sometimes you're in Plano, right? I'm all over the place. You're all over. Yeah, the place.
1: so so uh, we're sort of on lockdown, I guess, like a lot of the country. And so um, all the introverts are loving this time, but uh, it's good, you know. We're just trying to give people hope and encouragement. So
0: awesome. Yeah. Well, I guess it's been about a year since you wrote this book, right? Has it been a whole year? Yeah
1: no not yet it's so uh october i released it in october perfect and forgiven uh and uh it's my second book second book and second book and uh so i don't know how many months that's been what are we in march into march So that's like five months yeah so we're almost to half a half year
0: yeah i got it when it first came out it took me this long just to read it but I well, have that's like, okay but i have like five other books i'm reading so it's it just it takes forever for me to get through a book.
1: Look, that's but. okay. <laughs> no, hey, there's no
0: condemnation. You're right, right, right. At least,
1: at least you're honest. Some people say, "Yeah, I read it," but then they never read it. And at <laughs> right. least you bought it. Oh, that's good.
0: <laughs> oh no, I bought it. I bought it, and not with the church credit card either. Ooh, look
1: at you! <laughs> Thank you. I got a whole like fifty cents from that purchase, so I was right. able to buy some. Um, yeah.
0: Yeah. No condemnation, but there's a little bit of condemnation in that. If you, if you bought the book on the church credit card, but anyway, yeah, we want to talk about this book, man. It's really good. Um, I don't even know where to start because there's so much good stuff in it. But uh, I figure I'm gonna, I'm gonna, few things that I, I got out of it that I that I want to quote, and we can kind of start talking about it. But it's called Perfect and Forgiven: Discovering Your Freedom, and it's really just a, a a book about your freedom in Christ, and and it's kind of talks about how you came to Christ a little bit and your journey and um how religion just offers just doesn't offer you life but jesus offers you life and i love it it's great uh yeah yeah and i mean
1: like part of my story just to jump in is like i was like i was all into that religion and legalism and you know i grew up and i've i've gone through various forms of abuse and i was exposed to porn at a young age, and I did the whole party scene through high school. And like, I pursued all the things that the world told me would fulfill me, right? Mm-hmm. And the number one lie that I believe then that I heck still believe now is this lie that I'm not enough. And uh, I believe that something I've always thought that man, something must be wrong with me. Like, people don't love me, people don't value me, like, nothing is is um, working out for me like i'm always have this empty feeling and then i went to god and all i heard was hey you need to do more you need to try harder you need to be better like it was never enough right and like i always thought god was this old man in the sky who i had to please and he was always mad and so the message and this is sort of the play of my the title of the book the message I heard was, well, you know, you're not perfect, but you're just forgiven. And heck, most of the time I barely knew I was forgiven. And like, I knew maybe I was going to go to heaven one day, but man, God was ticked off me right now. And so like, I just rebelled. Like I spent all of high school just rebelling. Like I didn't want anything to do with a God who needed me to be like his servant or his employee or something. And it was my senior year. And and that's when I started coming to this realization that, You know, God loves me because that's who he is. And God saved me not only by his grace, but he sustains me. And so the message is not that we're impure, unlovable, wicked people, but that through the cross and through the resurrection, there was actually something done to us. Like we always preach, like if you listen to popular Christian radio, you'll hear, here's the gospel. And they'll talk about the death of Jesus. And they'll talk about going to heaven. And it's right. like no, it's like like one tenth of the gospel. Like there's so much more to the gospel than just going to heaven when you die. The gospel and the good news of what Christ has done is more than what He's done for us to get us to heaven. But what He's done to us by making us new. And so you know, the fight now as as believers is not to get our sins forgiven. It's not to be made new. It's not to to be righteous. The fight is to trust those things are already true.
0: Yeah. What he's done for us, to us, and through us, and what he can do for us now, even in this life. Uh, you know, Jesus said he came not only to save, but to give life, and for us to experience that life in the here and now. Uh, one of the things you said that was really good that stuck out to me was that you said, we don't need good news. I mean, we don't need good advice. We need good news. And I love that quote. We need life, not behavior modification. We need relationships, not religion. Or the relationship and not religion. And it's it, like you said, it's it's more about what he has done. It's it's what he's do it's, it, and it's also about what he's doing now to us and through us. And becoming more mature in Christ looks like us realizing our true identity and really living out of that.
1: Yeah, and I mean you you know, everyone who's been around the church for any period of time, you go in and you hear, hey, here's three steps, three principles, and there's obviously good things and some of that, but man, most of the time you don't even hear Christ. You don't hear the gospel. You don't hear the resurrection. You don't hear any of that. And the last thing we need, like, uh, someone who's drowning doesn't need swimming advice. Like they need someone to jump in and save them. Right. Right, right. And like the gospel does. Like I, I I remember hearing a story about a, um, um, this Christian pastor and he was in, um, I think he was in Indonesia and he was at a temple and he was with a, a Muslim and a Buddhist and they were all sitting around and they were basically, the Muslim was like, you know, our religions are basically the same. And, you know, basically, uh, God is on top of the mountain and we're all working our way up to him and, and you have your way and I have my way and, and the other religion has their way. Um, and basically that that's what it is. And the Christian pastor looked and thought, Hmm, so basically what you're saying is that we all have the basic uh, fundamentals, but we're all going to end up in the same place. And they're like, yeah, exactly. And he said, well, here's what Christianity is. God was on top of the mountain, sure. But he came down that mountain and he rescued us and he took us up to the top. And they said, and he said, would you like to to have that God? And they both said, yes, tell me more. And he's like, that's Jesus. And that's the difference between the grace of God, Christianity, and the popular uh, message of religion. Religion is all about us working our way to God. But the message of Christianity is about how God worked his way to us. And Ephesians two six says, he seated us with Christ in heaven. And so we're always worried about getting close or or losing out. But the whole message is the fact that God is with us. Like that's literally his name. Like the first message yeah, of, of that God, right, the first yeah. message God wants to give us he said, "Okay, how about this? I'm going to name my son Emmanuel, God with us. Like I'm always with you." And so, the Christian life is not about working hard to get close to God. The Christian life is about trusting that we are already close, we're already accepted, and we're already loved by God.
0: Yeah, Amen. And uh, I love how you dive into uh, when you're coming to God. You're not. We're not cleaning ourselves up. Uh, you say in the book when you begin to understand who you are and whose you are. You begin to live out of that new reality your old habits and behaviors start to change and your actions start to reflect whom god has already made you and it just it's so true our our identity determines you know our behavior but our behavior never determines or defines our identity what a great truth um you know we spend a lot of time focused on sin like you were saying in the beginning and it's almost like us as the church we the church at large we spend so much time focused on sin but how much time are we actually focusing on the person and the work of jesus and who he is to us and the life that he offers us
1: right and like you know i'm reminded of of hebrews 12 where it talks about hey don't let sin so easily entangle you so how do we do that well it says well fix your eyes on jesus who's the author and perfecter of your faith right and so you know a lot of people say, Zach, you know, y'all don't care about behavior. Y'all don't care about this. It's like, no, we're just not putting the cart before the horse, right? Like we're you've got to understand who you are before you can live that out. And honestly, like the message of popular, that's popular today is really a fake it till you make it message. I yeah. mean, haven't you heard this? Like, hey, you're a dirty, wicked sinner, but here's 10 things to do and you better live holy and we'll see you next week. Right. right. And it's like, wait a minute. Basically, that message is, hey, we're looking at dirty pigs and we're asking them to fly. And God's like, no, you're not a dirty pig. You're not wicked. Like God says, be holy. And he doesn't say that because we can't do it. He says that because we are holy. Right. He says, be righteous because I've made you righteous. And so, you know, uh, there's a, I think it's called nominative determinism. And it's this thing in um, psychology. Basically, it's uh, a number of studies. Can you spell have, that? Have No, I can't. Don't, don't (laughs) judge me. Uh, uh, And basically uh, it's this idea that your name sometimes determines uh, what you do. So think about like Usain Bolt. His last name is Bolt. He's the fastest person to ever live. Right. Um, There's a baseball player named Prince Fielder. Um, And the list goes on and on. Like if you just Google it, you can see like there's these doc, like there's these dentists with like last name teeth. And, and so the whole idea is that the labels that we give ourselves oftentimes influences what we do. Yeah. And so if I believe that I'm bad, if I believe that I'm sinful, um, then I'm going to live that way. Like here's the thing too, like just to make it even more real, like many of us have heard negative labels our whole life. So like the moment a young girl hears that she's fat, man, and if she keeps hearing that, like she's going to have image, body image issues the rest of her life. Like the moment a a man hears that he's not good enough or that he's a wimp or that he's a loser or that he's passive, like enough time goes by. He's going to think that, believe that and live that out. Um, But the reverse is true. Like what if, what if the church knew that they were saints, that they're righteous, that they're holy. And it's not just like, what's so funny to me is like, well, yeah, Zach, that's how God views you. And we act like how God views us isn't enough. And we think that, yeah, God views us this way, but really we're this other way. And it's like, no, yeah. God doesn't make mistakes. He makes masterpieces. And did the resurrection and the cross, was it really enough? Was it really sufficient or not? And when he says you're a new creation, are you going to believe your feelings or are you going to believe the truth of his word? And really, that's ultimately the decision we have to um that we're left with is what are we going to believe are we going to believe our past and the lies and the thoughts we have or are we going to take a a, not even a leap of faith but are we just going to trust that what god says is really true no matter what we feel
0: yeah that that reminds me of another uh a beautiful uh story that you had in the book about the the it was something with the people with the scars and they went and had them removed Yeah, yeah. but they still and then when they left the doctor's office they walked around or I guess they didn't know they were having him removed. You tell the story because I right. can't remember how. Yeah, yeah.
1: So there was an
0: experiment. It's a great analogy, though.
1: Yeah, yeah. So there's experiment a number of years ago, and uh, it's called the scar experiment. You can look it up, and I, I link it in my book. And and this psychologist uh, put these realistic, like Hollywood, like scars on these people, and he said, "Okay, we're going to release you out. I think they went into a mall or something, and we're and we want to see how other people react to you." And they said, so they took them and they said, right before we go, hey, we got to do one last touch up on you. And what they did was they removed the scars. And so these people went out not knowing the scars were removed and all of them had the same response. People looked at me weird, mm. rejected me. They were different towards me. And so the whole idea is that if you think that something is wrong with you, you're going to automatically assume people think that too. So, so your view of yourself not only affects um, how you think other people see you but also affects how you see yourself and man yeah. that's powerful because yeah. so many of us we've been hurt we've been uh we we let our old past sin we let our present sin define us we we hold on to the labels that that the world or that our, our shame has given us and so we live mm. our lives out of that and god's saying come to me i want to define you by something else he doesn't minimize the things that have hurt us or the things that, um, we've, uh, done, but he redeems it all. He works it all. Nothing's wasted with Him, And he says, Hey, I'm inviting you to be defined by who, um, by who I say you are, right. By, by what I've done for you. And I've, I've torn away those labels. I've given you this new name and you don't have to define yourself by your scars. You can define yourself at what God is saying by my son.
0: Yeah. That's so good. So good, and even when the world, like in the situation we're in now with the coronavirus, even when the world is a mess, we are not. We are not a mess. We've been made yeah. perfect, holy and righteous by the God of the universe. And yes, He says yeah. that about us, right? I mean, He's yeah, saying that God, about us. We're not God, saying God. that about ourselves. He's saying that about us,
1: right? and it's not like arrogant or naive, and like, and it's not that God doesn't realize we sin, but He's chosen to define us. You know, uh. Andrew Farley always makes this good analogy where he's like, how many sins does it take to be a sinner? And most people say one, one. And it's like, no, actually the Bible says we're born into Adam. We're born into sin. We're born sinful. And it's the same way as how many righteous things does it take for us to become the righteousness right. of God? Yeah, well, zero. <laughs> like Jesus committed zero sins and he became our sin. And then we did zero righteous things and we become the righteousness of God. And so it's no longer about Um, what we do, our identity is determined by who we're in. Um, We're reborn, right? We're reborn in Christ and we're defined by him. I mean, think about it. When we were born, we were given a new name and we didn't get to pick our last name. Like Maldonado mine no matter what. Like we're given this new name, this new family, this new home. Like that's what it means to be a child of God. We come to Jesus and he gives us this new name. We're, we're born into this new family and we've got this new home in Christ. And we're never, ever, ever defined uh, by what we do. We don't have to earn uh, our name, right? It's been given to us because we're part of the family.
0: Yeah, that's amazing. Another good quote from the book, uh, and I'll finish on this one. This one is just really good. It says, uh, The voice living inside of you is bigger than the voice living in the world. You're not bound to what you have heard or what you've done. Jesus sees you as perfect and good because he he has actually made you this way. He doesn't call you a masterpiece just to make you feel good. He calls you a masterpiece because of who you are, and God is not a liar. So you don't need to fix or improve yourself. Instead, learn who you are and start being yourself. Man, I love that. That's so good.
1: Yeah. So if I, I don't know how much time we got, but I'm about to get married. And so. Yeah, I was going to talk to you uh, about that.
0: My, my, congratulations, my by the way. Yeah,
1: man. In July, hopefully the coronavirus doesn't yeah. cancel it. But either way, we're going to get married. I don't care what they say. So uh, <laughs> my beautiful bride, her name is, is grace. And you know, as a minister, like I get to perform weddings, and at the star of every wedding is the bride. But as the minister, I get to look into the groom's eyes when the bride is coming down that aisle and you see why the groom is there, right? You see the awe and excitement, you see tears, you see just the joy, you see perfection, right? Mm-hmm. And what's so amazing about that is the Bible says that we are, as children of God, the bride of Christ. And so <clears throat> I just want to invite the listeners, like. Have you considered and have you looked into the eyes of your groom, Jesus? Like they're not filled with anger and wrath and judgment. They are filled with awe and excitement and inexhaustible mm-hmm. love. You yeah. know, when I, when I tell Grace that she's beautiful and gorgeous, like it's not humble. Like she never says, no, Zach, I'm ugly and fat and stupid. Like that's not humble, right? She says, hey, I may not feel it, but thank you. And we think true humility is downgrading ourselves, but true humility is just saying thank you, God. Like, I don't feel it, I don't believe it. And here's the thing: like, if you or anyone else were to tell my bride that she was fat or stupid or ugly, like we about to throw some hands, you know what I'm saying? Like <laughs> we go fight. Like, you don't talk about my bride that way. And right. man, like I know Jesus is nicer than me, but like I think he may get a little bit frustrated when people are calling his bride imperfect and dirty and wicked and yeah. sinful. Like he is wanting us to define ourselves uh, as his bride. And, you know, Satan, you know, he knows who we are in Christ, but Satan always, and shame and Satan and guilt always define us by our mistakes. And God knows all of our mistakes, but he chooses to define us by who we are in Christ. And so, you know, here's the thing, like, we're not always going to feel loved and accepted and righteous in Christ, but the message is it's not about feeling that it's about knowing that no matter yeah. what i feel i am completely accepted completely righteous and totally loved by god no matter what
0: amen separating fact and feelings yes yeah that's good stuff man well look i appreciate you uh taking some time and coming on the show and i'm sure everyone out there listening is appreciating it and hey plug your other book real quick
1: yeah so thank you really this has been fun and uh so I, I wrote a book called The Cross Crosswork. So if you've ever wondered, hey, there's some of these difficult passages about judgment and what does that mean? And so um, really, I just talk about how we're totally forgiven, how we can have confidence on the day of judgment and what it looks like for God to be good to us and, and, and how we can have confidence that he is good to us. He's going to be good to us now. And one day when we hit heaven, we're not going to have to fear some movie reel of our sins that the cross,
0: it actually worked. Right, and both those books are great, and they're both available on, you can get them on Amazon for sure.
1: Amazon, Barnes & Noble, I got Audible. On Kindle.
0: You have them on yeah, Audible? Yeah, Kindle. Awesome. Yeah, they're on Audible, so you can
1: listen to yeah. them. And, and we have
0: yeah. them up here at the church on display, if you want to get one at the church.
1: Yeah, so if you want to come up here, just make sure you stay six feet away from
0: people. <laughs> yeah, and, and wash the book <laughs> off before you open it. <laughs> right. Yeah, awesome, man. Well, I really appreciate your time. And, thank uh, you bro hopefully we'll see you Good soon we gotta get you to Grace Life come teach
1: yeah come on
0: awesome alright that does it for this week's conversation you can find out more about Zach in the show notes here on this episode or you can check out his website zachmaldonado.com we'll be back again next Friday with another edition of Conversations in Grace and don't forget 1015 will be live streaming worship and teaching here from the living room in the studio so we hope to see you then and thanks for listening